but it's not a cost. And that's the other concept inside the book is every time you hire a who, you need to look at them as an investment. investment. Right, right. Yeah. And you need to treat them as an investment because um, uh, they are, they're actually making you money. By not doing those projects and hiring the right person to get into that headspace and to do it, I have more time to do other things that, that, that are a higher level income. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Ali, great to be with you today, sir. Great to be with you as well, Dwayne. That's awesome. Like, what is this, 270, our episode? Uh, 65, 66, something like that. Crazy. It's just, like, amazing. Like, I, I know we spoke about this the other day. I said that uh, someone I was talking to um, said to me, I've never seen a podcast that has lasted this long with so much good material. And they said it's, like, literally a plethora of information that they go to whenever well, they have a topic question. Yeah, and you know the I think the the biggest reason is uh, we're we're not uh, in the podcast business to make this a business. You know, we we both started right. this. I I gave you a holler. I said, hey, I want to do a podcast. You want to do it with me? I just want to give back to the martial arts industry. Um, yeah. And have we hit every single week? No. I mean, we've been doing this for I think five years now, and uh, or close to it. And. Uh, uh, you know, we haven't done it every week, but we've done enough episodes that there is, like you said, a plethora of, uh, of information right. for free uh, out there. You know, the problem with free information that I found is when it's free, people people don't uh, usually use it very, very much. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's why true. even some of the big gurus talk about, you know, you can put your best material out there for free. Uh, and then when they go, wow, this is this is life changing. They don't know how to apply it because they won't actually read between the lines, and so therefore you gotta. Yeah. And I've done that too, and I still do it. You know, every once in a while I do some just in time learning, and I go, okay, yeah. that's my guy or that's my gal, and I hire that person. You know. Yeah. In fact, well, that that in that, fact it, that's all who. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's funny. I was just gonna say that leads right into this new topic uh, that we're gonna be doing on a monthly basis where. Um, which has given me a lot of pressure because I love to read, but now, but I read lately. I've been reading fictional books and and you know uh, you know historical books, you know like uh, by um, Bill O'Reilly, you know killing killing Reagan and killing the you know Rising Sun and Kennedy and a lot of really interesting cool books that are his books well, are amazing. Yeah, Killing the Rising Sun is phenomenal. Not that the other ones aren't oh, good, yeah. but Killing the Rising Sun was phenomenal. And you know. Uh, yes. Uh, what's the newest one? Killing uh, Little Big Chief. No, it's uh has to do with the. Oh, I, I can't even think of the name right now. But anyways, me, it's about the Wild Wild West. Um, and uh, uh, it's not Little Bighorn. Who is it? Why can't I think of the uh, the uh, American Native or uh, Indian? That, you know, it's uh, killing. Oh, it's there's so many killing. There's a lot of killing. He's killing everything. You know, he's like killing. Every, but anyway. A great American Wealth Project. He just did the Killing series. Let's just see. I don't know. I'm trying to find it. This he must have did 25 of them. Uh, killing the Mob, Killing Crazy Horse. Well, that's it. That's it. Killing Crazy Horse. So Killing the Mob doesn't come out until next year. I'm going to get that one too. But Killing Crazy Horse, I haven't finished it yet, but it's good. Um, it's wow. very good. That's cool. Sorry. But uh, so so our topic was every month we'll take a book and we'll, we'll read something and then. If we find it worthwhile or worthy of sharing, but we'll share it with our readers to extract some of the info, maybe get them to uh, purchase the book and read it themselves. But so you sent me this book for Christmas, which I super highly appreciate your gifts, and I got mine as well, like Who Not How, right there. And uh, and then uh, I've been reading on my iPhone and uh, iPad. So my iPad is um, sometimes it's an older one, so I can't update my book. So I started just downloading straight to my iPhone. And at night I could read in the dark with, you know, when my fiance is asleep and I don't have to bother her. Um, but anyway, so I've been reading it on there and it's a, uh, it's a really great book. So I'm really appreciative that you bought it for me. And uh, so every month we'll be doing this. So you, you want to you just get started right away and talk about the concepts and how we could turn it into something. 
Yeah, first off, I just want to kind of give a little bit of quick background. Uh, the, the two writers of this book, primary writer, really is Benjamin Hardy. Um, and uh, he's a psychologist and a best-selling uh, author. Uh, and I've read one of, his, one of his other books called Willpower Doesn't Work. Very, very good, uh, very, very good book. Um, but, you know, anyways, so he wrote the book for Dan Sullivan, who is the co-author. Um, right. Dan Sullivan is the, uh, the, the and I'm just going to read his bio here, but he's the world's most uh, uh, foremost expert on entrepreneurship and has coached more successful entrepreneurs than anyone on the planet. He is a, the co-founder of Strategic Coach, uh, and, and that's at strategiccoach.com, uh, the leading entrepreneurial coach program in the world. He's the author of more than 50 publications on uh, uh, on entrepreneurial success, and over the past 30 years, uh, Strategic Coach has provided teachings and trainings to more than 200,000 entrepreneurs. Again, strategiccoach.com. And if you want to find more information on Benjamin Hardy, you can go to benjaminhardy.com. But the concept of the book uh, says, who not how, uh, a formula to achieve bigger goals through acceleration, or excuse me, accelerating teamwork, uh, accelerating teamwork. So the whole concept of the book, and, I, and I'll, I'll, t I'll give my concept of the of the book in a, in a couple sentences. And then if you would give yours, cause you might have a different paradigm or paradigm as yeah. you call, uh, yeah. call it, but we can make, we uh, can maybe tell people that joke because we often say paradigm and then we laugh, but people probably think that we're stupid. Um, so yeah. I'll admit that when I was younger in my twenties, um, my daughter's mom and I were chatting at breakfast and I'm reading a book cause I was addicted to like pumping out 40 books a year. Like we're kind of going to reinvigorate that now. Um, and I said to her, I said, I can't believe it. I love this book. The, the guy's talking about how he changed his paradigm. And, and, I, you know, I really enjoy that concept of, you know, you could just change it like that, your whole paradigm. And she's like, put this peculiar look on her face. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, the paradigm. She's like, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, oh, you're so, you know, stupid. I can't believe it. Like, I didn't say that. But I'm like, I can't believe it. So I take the book out and I show her the words. It's like a paradigm. That's... <laughs> That's how you pronounce it, and I'm stupid. She says, like you know, kind of like that thing. So that yeah. that was the sh that day was a shift in my paradigm right there because I'm like <laughs> thinking that I'm the smart one, realizing that I'm sounding like an idiot while talking about it. So so that's why we always say paradigm and paradigm, right? So that's just so the listeners get a chance to understand the history and context of that. So yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a funny story. So uh, the concept, the biggest, the overall concept of, of who, not how is basically, you know, Dan Sullivan is talking about the fact that we are asking ourselves, we generally ask ourselves the wrong question. How should we do this? How can this get done? Um, and, and we're not, we're not at fault for thinking that question because that's how our educational system has, has taught us to think. So uh, collaboration, teamwork is not generally promoted in traditional, um, in traditional uh, school. You have to learn the material yourself, and then you have to be able to perform the material yourself, which is opposite of, of um, you know, the business world. The business world, nothing gets done without collaboration. You are not an island, right? I mean, you can be a peninsula, but you really, you're really not an island. And so the concept is that you ask, you you ask yourself the wrong question when you ask how can this get done or how should this get done the the proper question should be who can get this done um and i love well i guess we can get into why i love that but i love that concept of who ask yourself the question who should get this done as opposed to how this should get done so that's a brief overview. I'm summarizing it, you know, maybe well, a gross summary. Well, but what do you what do you say about that? I have I have a lot to say, obviously, because that's that's who I am. Right? That's all I do. No, but here's the thing that I found. Like so, so two things happen. Uh, one, like my my life, I'm trying to simplify my life. So when people hear that, they say, "Oh, you're you're not doing as much. You know, you're going to sell off businesses, sell off real estate, do less." And that's not at all what I'm talking about. When I say simplify my life, I don't want to be juggling like, you know, 27 balls at once and, you know, 22 of the balls do nothing for me other than add flash and color, right? So I'm trying to look at what I'm doing this year, 2021 or 2020, especially during COVID, for me was to streamline 
the things that work good for me and the things that are making me the most money where I'm putting my time and effort into, right? So now when I talked about this book to a few of my clients here, I think the biggest problem, Dwayne, is not who, not how. It's letting go of doing it yourself and thinking that you're the who and the how. And then learning to delegate. Like my partner in my website business, she's one person that does everything. Like she only wants to learn how to do the software. She's hard to get her to teach me to do it, and she runs it all herself. So she's bogged down because there's only so many hours in the day, right? So that delegation process a lot of times is such a hard thing for people to do because they've never done it before. They don't know how to do it. They don't know who to do it with. So the question that they have to ask themselves, which the book says, is like, who could be your who? Like, how do you find a who? Like, how do you let go of you being the who, like the person that does it all, right? And now I'm starting to sound like what I got annoyed about in the book in the first two chapters was it sounded like a Dr. Zeus book. Who, not how, how, not who, who's the who, who's the how? Like, it was something that drove me absolutely nuts at first. And then finally we got into the nuts and bolts. But I think that's the biggest issue, right? Letting go. And just and simplifying like easy. You don't have to hire employees, right? You don't have to hire people. You could subcontract. You could find them and just use them for that particular task, whether it be designing a flyer and whatever. So, anyway, I'll let you continue. But that was my take on on that part of it. Yeah. Okay. So I, here's the concept of who, not how, and you know what, how I like. All right. So we have an amazing software. Right, Spark membership, right. one of our sponsors for our podcast, um, and and look, we wouldn't even um, we wouldn't even allow them to be, and I say allow, because that's also one of the the concepts in the book is you know always be the buyer, but um, we wouldn't even allow them to have been a sponsor if we really truly didn't believe in the product that they had, right, or have, right. Okay, so um, that's one of my who's is that software, mm-hmm. the, all of the amazing things that, that it can do. And so for, especially during COVID, the, the pivoting that they did, uh, allowing us to be able to do online, you know, Zoom classes through, you know, all the, the, the software intricacies was just phenomenal. I, and I had this conversation with you, I think, last year, and we might even put it on a podcast, where I said, you know, look, I don't, I, I don't need a front-end person. I mean, that software is so phenomenal. You know, I can get on and I can uh, follow up with people and yada, yada, yada. And I, I thought that that was a good idea. Uh, and, I, and even before I read this book, I was starting to get, because things were picking back up, uh, I was starting to get overwhelmed with all of my tasks that, that really, uh, you know, maybe 80, well, 20% of them only I can do. Right. And 80% of those I need to find who's for. And so I am going to, um, and I'm in the process of filling it out, but this is, uh, this is a concept that's in the book called the impact filter. And the right. impact filter, uh, which is really neat, I did an impact filter on uh, controlling my time and my schedule. So I don't know if you can kind of see uh, the impact filter here that I, that I filled out. And uh, the, yeah. the the concept of the impact filter is to define what the 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 goal, you know the project is and the focus of the project, the purpose of it, the importance of it, and the ideal outcome. But then also you got to sell yourself on it. What's the best results and what's the worst, worst results? So the best results would be if I implement this, what are the best results? And then if I don't implement it, right? What are the worst results? And then the success criteria that need to happen in order for this to be successful. Um, so. In doing this, I found out, and I kind of knew it anyways, but I found out that I need a I need a program director. I need a front-end manager. I need somebody that is going to follow up with these individuals. And so I'm in the, in the process of actually filling out an impact filter of what that person, that program, um, you know, uh, that goal needs to look like. So then from there, I will have a clearly defined um, statement or statements to know who I need to hire in that position. And, and, and I will show them this impact filter. Like they have to right. say, yeah, I agree with all of that, I, that I'm on board with that. You know, that is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm looking for so that I hire the right person first and foremost. 
And I'm I'm going to I look, I've never done this in the past. I've never paid premium premium dollar to have somebody in that position. I'm going to pay premium dollar to have somebody in that position because uh that is going to free up another concept from the book. That is going to free up more of my time. And when I have more of my time, then I'll be able to make more money for the company, even though I'll be doing less. And that kind of goes back to what you talked about, about doing less, simplifying, doing less, actually earns me more money in the end. Right. And then there's a whole bunch of other concepts that are inside of the book that, uh, and theories that are inside of the book and um, uh, um, projects inside of the book that will allow you to kind of set those things up for yourself. But I, I just go, you know what? I'm 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 going to hire somebody to do that. I'm I'm going to hire somebody to clean my house. I'm going to have somebody clean my house. You know that I, I'm I'm and I want it done on a certain day. That person's got to be here certain day. It's got to be completed. For me, it's got to be on Fridays. I want it done on Fridays. Fridays, um, I'm not at my computer all the time like I am here. You know, so this this is going to be room number one that's going to be done, and then the rest of the house can be done, and then I can move back in, and and you know, like I I know what I want now. I filled it in, passed right. throughout, even with that, and I know what that's going to you know cost me, but it's not a cost, and that's the other concept inside the book. Is every time you hire a who, you need to look at them as an investment. investment. Right, right. Yeah, and you need to treat them as an investment because. Um, uh, they are, they're actually making you money by not doing those projects and hiring the right person to get into that headspace and to do it. I have more time to do other things that, that, that are a higher level income than, you know, look, cleaning the house is important, but that, 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 that's not the job that I should be doing. It isn't. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, uh, so another, to add to what you had just said, by the way, I want people who are listening, um, not not to think like, well, okay, Dwayne, you you can ha- you have the money, your school's so successful, you could hire someone. That that's sometimes people can't do that. Like I have a, many, a lot of clients that I work with that are in the startup phase that they can't afford to pay someone. Um, but the concept is that if you can pay someone, you'll probably free up your time and grow ten times, twenty times, thirty times faster. But sometimes right. you have to make that leap, right? I remember the first time I hired a front desk person. I didn't think that I could afford that person, and that person made me more money, right? They made the company more money. Right. They can follow right. up on everybody, right? Yeah. One thing I could add to this, though, too, is so, so uh, in fact, our, our lead Hunter Media, um, our Facebook marketing guys on here with us by the name of Gus Lopez. Uh, Gus, good to see you, and uh, thanks for joining in. Um, but uh, Gus and I were just having a discussion the other day, and I was saying that just because uh, – let, let's just say you have a list of ten things to do, and every week you only get around to seven of them, and you can't get the other three done. And I just had another call with one of my other coaching clients this morning, and I'm saying, well, you, you have all these black belts helping you and teaching for you. You have a program manager at your front desk. Why are you doing all these mundane uh, things that are not necessary. So what you need to do first is, is maybe make, like from my book, the, the Five Gateways to Happiness, get a list of all the I hate things that you can't stand doing that make your life miserable. Like you mentioned cleaning. We've, we've talked about this concept uh, about cleaning. You've done this before, Dwayne, in the past and said, hey, I, I, I have a clean lady. And, and it's true. If that's something that you absolutely despise <laughs> or it's not one of the things that you enjoy, um, and it takes up a good amount of your time, why not just hire someone and take that, even if you wanted to take those four hours to just sit and stare into the sky, it's your right to do so because you're relieving yourself of a task that kind of brings you down. Does that make sense? Yes. That task brings yes. you down? Yes. Yeah. yeah, look, look, look. This is one of the quotes, Case, uh, the, the, the lady or guy, I don't know, Casey, and I can't even, I don't know what the last name is. It's N-E-I-S-T-A-T. But anyways, their quote says, "What the ultimate qualif- you know what's the ultimate qualification of success for me right it's not how much time I spend doing what I love, it's how much little time I spend doing what I hate oh that's a good that's perfect so so Holy like for cow, example, right? talk, yeah, talking to my client this morning, I'm like, what are the things that you that bog you down? What are the things that make your brain feel you know like when you feel like ah, oh, you're just tired?" Because it's not a task that you go into, like, 
like working out in the gym, some people absolutely despise it and hate it, and other people really get invigorated by the feeling and the pump and the exercise. So it really all depends on your mindset. You have to find those things in your life that you absolutely don't like and either um, find someone that you could hire on a regular basis to do it or um, go to a company like Guru.com or, you know, Fiverr or whatever, Indeed, and find a part-time mom or dad that's out of work or has children that lives in Idaho that wants to do your bookkeeping at night. You, you have someone, right, Dwayne? Don't you have somebody that you oh, – yeah you work with that does all your accounting and bookkeeping and you throw them the info, they file it in the full files that you have set out, and then you then slide those files over to your accountant. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be heavy. Yep. There's no headache to you. Well, So you learn so, to delegate, right? Yeah. So, uh, look, I use uh, QuickBooks for everything. My bookkeeper is in uh, Indiana. I'm in Illinois. My uh, when 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 all of the uh, you know quarantine happened and the, the opportunity to go in and do the PPP and all that stuff, all I did was uh, got on the phone and I said, "Hey, this is this is what I need. Can you put it together for me?" Boom, she did. Um, you know, the second round of PPP, same thing. I said, "Hey, this is what we need. Can you put it together for me?" Boom, she did. Yeah. Um, she would get it done a lot quicker than me than me trying to figure it out. And I, I would hate it. I would hate it the whole time trying to figure it out. Um, and, and she charges me uh, 30 bucks an hour. That's right. how much I pay her is 30 bucks an hour. It probably took her five minutes to put some of those right. or all those or 10 minutes, whatever, to put those reports together and get them over to me. It would probably have taken me an, an hour to try to figure it out, right? Right. It's stupid for me to be inside of there doing that stuff when I'm not an expert in that area. I just called, um, I'm switching over to a new guy uh, with my IRA and, and, and my retirement and everything like that. And I spent, you know, 45 minutes on the phone with him. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, we're going to take care of this. We're going to take care of this. I said, great. Now, how many times, uh, uh, you know, how many times are we going to be in contact with each other? And he goes, if you don't call me, I'll call you at least once a year. But otherwise, you know, you call me. And, and, and if, but if you call me, we'll call you back the same day, if not the next day. Right. But in most cases, we'll call you right. back the same day. And I said, great, because I, I need you as a part of my team. Um, and I need you then to be in communication with these other parts of teams. And I want you to have, like I said, look, don't call me if it requires a bookkeeper. I want you to just send that information to her. Here's her contact information. And I'll let her know right. this this is who has, you know, uh, access to me and give them what they need. And so, like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't want to mess around with any of that stuff. I'm setting up teams. That's another thing that the, the, the book talks about is I'm setting up teams for my success. I love it. I love it. I think that's interesting, you know. And uh, what I love is that uh, initially early on in the book, it talks about the shift of mindset, you know, like uh, how to how to start changing the mindset of I'm the the baker and I'm the chef and I'm the recipe maker and I'm the salesperson and I'm the counter person. And it, it says, okay, well, it, it, trying to clarify, like, so let's give an example for like a school owner. Um, there are certain tasks that you probably do that maybe are just mindless tasks and you do it for the sake of them being mindless tasks. Like I know a lot of my clients will clean and they'll listen to our podcast. So while they're listening to our podcast, they're cleaning. Um, it, it's podcast time for them, but they're also getting the cleaning done, right? But, um, you know. Yeah, but see, even, even in that, they're not focusing in on what's being taught or listening right. on the podcast where they can take notes. You know, I, right. I get it that they're multitasking and they think that they're learning something and, you know, look, they're probably listening to this one now and be pissed off at me for saying this. But yeah, if yeah. there is good information on this podcast, they're not going to remember it because they're not sitting down and taking notes on the information well, that's being taught. That's kind of funny. That's where I was actually leading down so that you and I think alike. So I'm saying like, so they're, they're doing these things because they're, they're, they're doing an activity while they're doing another activity, thinking that they're, they're managing their time properly. When in fact, like, like for example, listening to a podcast and studying material or doing an online course while cleaning your home. Like, and then, you know, you're really not paying attention. And my daughter and I, we're terrible at this. We, we've been talking a lot about this. We, uh, 
we've been binge watching for like the last five, six weeks, a TV show that we watched when she was a baby called Grimm. It's an amazing show about like the brothers Grimm and all this cool stuff. But we find ourselves like on our phones surfing, you know, Facebook and other things while we're watching the show. And I'm like, Kiara, why are we doing this? Let's just put the stupid phone down and be 100% focused. And, oh, my God, the show is that much better. Like, you know, imagine that I'm actually watching the show and I'm seeing what's on the screen and, and the, the facial expressions and the movements and the energy. So it's about single-minded, singularly focused activities so that you could get out 100% rather than 20%, right? So that's what I loved about the book, about really taking that time, finding the who to do the task, and you training that who to be really good at the task, and using that impact filter that you showed so that they're clear. And then the guy, like there's a few good stories in the book about people who did that, and they hired an assistant, and that the guy was doing podcasts. I think it's the actual guy who um, wrote the book. He was doing podcasts, and he was booking his podcast throughout the week. And then he hired someone to book the podcast, and now they're so good at it that they have him booked up every single week, three, four, five podcasts a week to promote his books and promote his program and, and so on. So they're doing it like a hundred times better than he ever did it. And he's not bogged down because now he's fresh. He just looks at his calendar and goes, okay, I'm calling into WRCN radio and boom, pulling up the pod and doing the podcast. He's not worried about how to do it, where to do it, scheduling it and burnt out and then going on the podcast tired and exhausted, right? So there is some real significance to be able to have and delegate. Again, it doesn't have to be a full-time employee, but learning and you have probably tons of people that you're surrounded with that could become part of your, your uh, team. Absolutely. And, you know, I love one of the things that he talks about, and he's talked about this, meaning Dan Sullivan, uh, talked about having a self-managing, self-managing company um, and, and about free days. And he takes a hundred and some odd free days a year. Okay, good. And I, I liken our free days to when, when we close. So I, I take, yeah. you know, about six weeks off, almost seven weeks off per year, right? So that's mm-hmm. not quite two months, not quite two months, but, you know, I'm, I'm a, a month, and, month and three quarter of free days. But, right. but they're not totally free because I don't have a program director or assistant or whatever. I am still – when the text messages come through, you know, when we're off, I'm taking care of that, you know, so I'm not right. truly on a free day yet. That's why I need right. my who to take care of that so I can actually have free days. So I, I, I like yeah, that yeah. concept of, uh, um, of the free days. And I was trying to look at, I know I wrote it down. Uh, let's see. Basically, you know, time. Okay, yeah. So time creates time creates money, and so when you are when you are um, when you don't create time, you can't create money. And and so if you want an increase, the concept is if you want an increase, then you need to create time so that you can create money during that increase. And so that means that. Uh, again, I, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's probably 80% out of 100% that I'm doing. There's 80% that I could actually get rid of, meaning somebody else right. could actually do that 80%, and most likely they can probably do it better than me. Um, yeah. And there's 20% that only I can do. You know, the 20% mm-hmm. that only I can do is, you know, nobody else can be on this podcast with me besides you. I mean, right. they, I, I can't be replaced in this podcast. No, is there maybe somebody better that you can have as a co-host? Maybe so. But what I'm saying is that I can't be replaced for my own podcast. Right. Right. Um, with my health coaching, you know, I can't be replaced on my, uh, on my calls with them when I'm coaching them. I can't be replaced. There's supplemental things that happen, you know, where I do send texts and emails and, 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 you know, the, 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 um, uh, I'm trying to pull it up here, the uh, uh, the life book that they get and the habits of health book that they get, you know, those type of things are supplemental. But my advice and my conversation to them cannot be replaced. So there's about 20% in my activities that I have to do, but the other 80% I can get rid of and delegate. And then by doing that, I can dial down onto what, you know, uh, Dan Sullivan calls my unique abilities. 
you know, we all have our unique abilities. We have our strengths, and we actually we actually um, uh, perform better in our strengths, and we are actually rejuvenated when we are doing the things that strengthen us. Right. Right. Well, and I, so I'll give you a, that's why I have to get true. rid of that stuff. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's absolutely true. And I was going to say, like, that's where sometimes a, an owner needs to ask the question and say, um, okay, what are the things that I don't enjoy doing and what or what – this is even a better question. Who could I find that's better than me at that task so that I could then assign it to someone else and get a better result? So I'll give you an example. Like a lot of clients that I work with that um, – they don't like social media posting. And everyone says you got to post on social media. You know, it's an important thing. Two, three times a week, putting up videos or pictures or comments or asking questions to get engagement or educating your clientele. But they despise social media so that they don't get on it. So what happens? They don't do the posts. And then they say, I should have done it. I have, I have brand new clients that are young couple, um, and they're like they're having a hard time posting. So, um, like Gus Lopez, who's with us right now, for that specific reason, he started a business, a leg to his business that he gives content and he gives it to the client. So, all they have to do is take it, copy it, and post it. He the people don't, the owner doesn't have to think of it on their own. They don't have to do it on their own. So, anyway, I have a client that's working with Gus, and I said to them, well, when do you post? He said, oh, I, I, I post on these days. I'm like, well, why don't you just get your, give that to your program manager? Well, I tweaked the articles a little. I said, okay, so tweak the articles way in advance, do six or seven in advance, pop it into a Dropbox folder, and then allow your program manager to copy and schedule the posts so that in the beginning of the week they put out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then they could, do, they could be two, three weeks ahead of, of the game. And you're relieving yourself of all that stress. All you're going to do is go to the page and make sure it's done, and but feel and if you know that you could trust the person and you, you see them, then they're going to get it done for you on a regular basis. So I think that that's such an important thing. But a lot of it has to do with trusting and building a team, and that's what you were talking about with finding the team, a person, a team member that's better at it than you or does it as well as you so that you could feel comfortable with them. Yeah, and here's the neat thing. You know, he, he talks about getting clear on your vision, obviously using the, the impact filter to do that. Um, and, and what is expected for that role, that person, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, he goes on to say, and this is a direct quote from the book, you know, it's actually impossible to not attract incredible who's once your vision is defined and expressed. Right. And, you right. know, I've kind of found that to be pretty true. And, and, and without even knowing this concept, I, I, I think I've done it on and off for years. So back in the day, you know, I had a team of uh, instructors. They're a pretty tight uh, group, and that's when we started our XMA program. And it was right before they became instructors, you know, and then moving into the XMA program, they became instructors for me. And, okay. uh, you know, so what did, that, what did that mean? I needed to learn how to do the commas. I needed to learn how to do the bow staff. I needed to learn how to do the sword, you know. And uh, honestly, we I, weapons don't interest me. But I know that we need to do right. them because they interest other people. And so what I did was I had one kid that was – he really liked the bow staff. And I'm like, all right, listen, in, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – you know, we're going to go over the videos. I'm going to show you the videos in XMA and yada, 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 and you're going to be my bow staff guy. Like anybody that wants to learn the bow staff, you're the one. I had another one with commas, and I had another one – and luckily all three of them liked different things. So one was commas, one was uh, uh, bow staff, and the other one was sword. And so those were my who's. I didn't have to figure out how because the program was already written. I said, all right, this is yours. Learn it, and you're going to teach it. And, right. and they're like, well, how do I teach it? I said, just follow what Mike Chat is saying to do, and if there's anything in there that you don't understand and you need to make it up, then just make it up. Right. And they're like, wow, you know. And, and yeah. it, was, it was a success. And so not only was it a success – with regards to being able to, you know, duplicate myself, which I didn't really duplicate because I didn't know the material anyways, um, you know, but then uh, each of them had their own unique, their own uniqueness in my system, and that gave them real confidence in their capabilities and just made them right. even a better employee and a better instructor. Yeah, and by the way, it endears them or, or locks them into – 
your school and your business because it's not like they feel like they're just a, a cog in the wheel of getting the function done. They feel like they are the wheel. They're they're important. They're they're making decisions. And quite often, I have to be honest, I have to catch myself at times because uh, my top guy who runs the school for me and with me, it's just he and I that are, you know, doing mostly every teaching and other than assistance. But um, And then sometimes I'm like, no, no, it should have been done this way. And then I have to catch myself and say, no, no, yours is good. It, it, maybe we tweak it just a slight bit. It'll be perfect. But um, can you do it this way or that way a little bit more? Um, but I find myself wanting to micromanage. And uh, that's another thing in the book that I got out of it is not micromanaging my team. So like my daughter, I had her, I found myself doing this. It was the weirdest thing. And I, I had her doing our, we have this huge stock room with belts and uniforms and weapons and all this stuff. So I said, hey, can you organize this room so that you know where everything is and it's labeled properly? So, um She's like, okay, Dad, and she went in there, and she's like, she's got a smock on, she's getting dirty, and I'm coming in going, hey, I'd rather have that on that shelf, and can you move this to that? Let me make more, and then I'm like, then I'm I literally out loud, I said, no, I'm not going to micromanage you, I'm sorry, I'm going outside, and I leave the room, but then I find myself drifting back in, hey, how you doing, kiddo? Um, are you sure you want, that? and I'm like, no, no, I had to remind myself again, so it's hard to let go of that control and let someone really take over, even though they're doing an outstanding job as owners, as martial artists, especially we're control freaks. We, we know like we want to always control the outcome or preemptively control what's happening, right? That's what self-defense is. Knowing when someone's going to throw a punch, what do we do? Knowing if they flex what we do, you know, that kind of thing. But wouldn't you rather, but wouldn't you rather have collaboration? Meaning if, something was going to happen to you on the street, wouldn't it be nice to have both of us there? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Without a doubt. A better team. Right. Right. And then why don't we take that concept into our business and into our life because of what you said, you know, we are egomaniacs or we're control freaks or this is my baby and nobody does it as well as me. You know, just Mm -hmm. last, no, two nights ago, two nights ago, I, I told my head instructor, Mr. Bean, I said, look, I just want you to know, that I really appreciate the lesson plans that you have written. And yeah. they are far better in a way, uh, you know, better lesson plans than I have it put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love how you have um, made sure that all the material is going to be covered in that three-month period and you have enough time to repurpose that material so that they have time to um, – you know, have repetition. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I said, after teaching these last three months, or almost these last three months, I said, I've come to realize how important those are. So thank you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, it's kind of funny. And, you, you may not think how important that really is, like, because it's just, you know, you're telling them how you feel, but it's so beyond impactful to that person receiving it if they have pride in what they do. Like I wrote on my a little well, whiteboard in, I, in our private office. I, I wrote, uh, Reggie Ryan, you're doing an amazing job. I did that about two months ago. It's still on the whiteboard. He's not taking it down. He hasn't gone, I, you know, I, wiped it off. So Yeah, that's awesome. See, I think, though, that, that my head instructor probably thought to himself, it's about time you get on board with yeah. me. <laughs> really? Yeah, and I don't mean that. Yeah, and I don't mean he's saying that in a snotty way. I think he's just like, I've been waiting for the for like he doesn't need the praise. I don't. Th- I mean, everybody likes praise, but but right. I think he's to the point where he's like, all right, finally, thanks for getting on board, right. Mr. Okay. Grummet. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's right. I guess, he's I guess right, so. You know? <laughs> it's true. So listen. So then, um, I know we're gonna we run we run out of time real quickly. So some of the other chapters. What do you think? Like, what else would you like? There's some really good things that I enjoyed, and uh, you know, uh, I, I'm reading through the different chapter headings. But one of them that I found impactful was committing to specific results. And I thought that that yep. was, was very telling because sometimes we throw things across the table. I tell my guys, hey, I want you to do this. And then I leave. And um, I hope that it's done. I mean, I used to do this a lot where I would I come up with these awesome ideas, million-dollar ideas, and I lay them out and I give them a format and I hand them to a staff member. And I say, hey, listen, I'll share in the profits if you do well with this. And then I'd leave it in there hands and nothing would ever come about it. I'm going like, what is wrong with people? They could make a million dollars if they would just run with this idea. 
Um, but they, they, it's not their idea. It's not their baby. It was just another thing for them to do in their list of tasks that they would do. They didn't buy into it. So I like that concept of, you know, um, you know, finding what people have a passion about and, you know, having it and, and so on. So what did you think about that? Committing to those specific results. Uh, that's like chapter five. Yeah. And it's, 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 uh, you know, inspecting what you're expecting, but, but it goes back to what you said, making sure that you have the right person for the right job. You know, all of us yeah. have to do some jobs in our life that we don't, uh, don't enjoy to a certain degree. The, the goal though, right. I think is, is finding the right person for each job. Mm-hmm. And so that, then that person is enjoying their job on a day to day basis and not, you know, yeah. so if you can get it where, where 90% of their job they absolutely love and only 10% that, that they go, ugh, you know, or even 5% they're like, ugh, and, and then the yeah. other five that they hate, you know, it's much right. better than, than, than the other way around, if that kind of makes sense. It totally does. And I think that that's what we call the buy-in, right, where, where if you were to say, like, let's say you had an instructor and um, he enjoyed teaching classes already, and you said, hey, I'd like for you to teach these students how to teach classes because you're such an expert at it. Would you share your ability? Um, they'd be very, very happy to do so because it's praise for them to share, and they enjoy it, right? So we have, that's where you said it's finding the right person for the job. And, uh, and then if you lay it out and say, when you do the course, I want you to teach this, 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 and this, everything else, but put it together however you feel but I want you to cover these topics. Can you show me a lesson plan ahead of time or we'll review it or whatever? Um, I'm sure that they'd be very, very happy to do that. And then that way it gives them those pra- the praise and they'll be much more, um, I want to say, committed to their job because they love what they do. Well, and here's the other thing. He talks about the Pinellian uh, effect, right? And, so, and, and I just wrote it down. People are either rising or falling to the expectations of those around us. So uh, when demands are high, we show up, and when they're low, we settle. And so, you know, the concept is you, we, we, we need to be, be clear on what we're expecting that individual to do, um, and then we need to hold them to it. Because if we don't, then they're going to show up in a way that, oh, they're, you know, that he's never going to know, or he doesn't follow up, you know, that type of thing. And so I think that that is, you know, important. But then the other thing is that that means for me, I need to surround myself with high achievers. I need to surround myself with people that hold themselves accountable, right? That demand. Right. You saw my you saw my post on uh, uh, on our on our site that, that David Nemeroth had put on there, and I put on there. You know, I yeah, need yeah. to hold myself to a higher demand. Yeah, H- higher standard. Part of demand, that, yeah, yeah. That part of that is surrounding myself with high achievers. You know, if I just surround right. myself with people that make me comfortable then I'm, I'm going to do comfortable things and I'm not going to grow. Yeah. And I need to, I need to also make sure that my, uh, you know, my team has that as well, where I'm not, I'm not comfortable. You know, I demand this from them and expect them to give me this. And if they don't, then they either need to be coached because they don't understand it or they need to be reprimanded. And, and that's as yeah. simple as that. And, and, in, in both aspects, I'm doing it for their betterment, right? I'm coaching them because I can see that they can be better, or I'm reprimanding them because I can see that they can be better. Both are positives, even though one looks like it's a negative. Right. And, hey, listen, um, I love the fact, too, that it talked about uh, another great, great section of this book talked about the um, networking and having a network of people and realizing that the question to ask wasn't like, what's in it for me? What will I get out of networking with Dwayne? It was what's in it for them. And I love that concept. In fact, I'm going to make a quote and put it up on my, uh, on my pages for my school. Um, I'm going to write that out to the students. So, like, what, what's in it for – what would you like more of? What could I do more for you to make our service better for you? And I'm not saying, you know, more classes or doing, you know, making it cheaper. I'm like, how can I, as an owner, as the head instructor, commit to my students to the point where I could, you know, educate them better, give them more lessons, whatever the case may be. When you ask that question, what can I do for you, it certainly without a doubt helps um, you have a better network of people because now you're giving, you're not taking, right? And, and then he said in the book, 
that helped him meet Richard Branson, who owns Virgin Atlantic Airlines and Virgin Gyms and all this other stuff, multi-multi-millionaire in England. And he ended up going to a seminar with him, paying $25,000, I think, for, for the dinner ticket or, or raising money, I forget what it was, and going to the dinner and then offering him all these ideas where Richard Branson at the end of the day said, here's my personal email. I'd love for you to write up an idea on how I could do this better for my charity. And then now he's like the biggest fundraiser for Richard Branson's charity and he's networked with some billionaires and it's helped him like grow his business by a hundred times or whatever it was. So what, yes. who, who, who surrounds us that are not our, not our maybe uh, staff members, but maybe parents of the dojo students who their families are, you know, I, I, I don't know if I made quick, I'll tell you this story. Like when I was a, an aspiring actor, um, I was going on auditions and all this kind of stuff. And I mentioned it in class, never mentioned it in class before. I mentioned it in class. And one of my students goes, you want to act? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to act. He's like, uh, I am the uh, casting director for Guiding Light, the soap opera. He goes, you want to be on it? I'm like, what do you mean, like auditioning? No, no, do you want to be on the soap opera? And I'm like, yes. He's like, okay, you're in. Come down this Wednesday, I have a scene for you. And then I did like four episodes of the show, not acting and I even, uh, you know, even did a part with a very famous actor where him and I spent time together. I forget his name, but he's, a, he's usually famous. Um, and uh, him and I sat in the dressing room together chatting and hanging out. And it's like all I did was mention it, right? And then I, boom, there it was. So, like, you never know who's surrounding you that could be a part of your team, right? You know, a, a marketing expert, a, an accountant, you know, whatever, a carpenter. So yep. I think that that was an important thing about sharing and helping others. Absolutely. You know, um, the other thing I liked, too, was uh, he wrote in the video that uh, decision fatigue is real. Yes. Decision oh fatigue is real. And so yes. by Explain getting that. more – Yeah, so uh, if, you are, if, you are, if you are the, uh, the who for your business all the time and you have to figure out how – this has to get done, how this needs to, you know, be implemented, how, whatever. There's so many decisions that can fatigue you. And when you have too many decisions that fatigue you, it's, it's almost paralyzing sometimes, and we all have done that. Yeah. And so when he says that decision fatigue is real, one, that quote is true, but then second to that is when you start to put crews on your team, they make those decisions, and so therefore it doesn't fatigue you. And that allows you then to, uh, again, have more time to think about the things uh, that are going to move your business even more forward because you don't have the decision fatigue that you, that you would have had you not found the right who to take care of those situations for you. Yeah. So when we have, uh, you know, um, fatigue to make decisions or – uh, the aftermath of not making decisions because you're exhausted and you, you can't get to those things, what happens? We end up putting those tasks off. We end up, and by the way, it most likely is always the task that you like the least because when we do goal setting and things to do, like a list the day before, we write all the things we need to do. And unless we prioritize, and this is a Stephen Covey, Franklin Covey system, you know, and you don't take your list and say A1, A2, A3, B1, 2, 3, C1, 2, 3, D1, 2, 3, and you say I'm going to do my A's first because those are the most important things that I'm going to do that are going to make me move my business forward. But we end up getting to the easy things like, you know, I don't know, shuffling papers and shredding documents and things that are mindless and that don't take any effort and they're, they're easy. So we have to learn to do that. But but when you have fatigue, right, now you could delegate. Maybe you could delegate that to a staff member who would do it for you. And now you get it done and you move forward, right? It's important. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, is the, the, they were talking about the self-determination theory. And this is the three things that, you know, your employees want, you know, people that are on your team want. Uh, they want a sense. And so these are the three, a sense of competency. They want uh, uh, autonomy on how to do their work. They want the right. freedom to be able to do it the way they want to do it in order to get it done. Uh, and then three, positive and meaningful relationships. That's what they're looking for, all three of those things. And so we, if we can find team members that, uh, one, we're clear about whatever the expectations are, whatever that goal is, whatever that position is, and then, two, 
you know, that give them a sense of competency, train them if they need to be trained, right? Or make sure they already have the training, uh, you know, in that yeah. in that area, and then give them the autonomy to to get it done, and 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 yeah. then a positive and meaningful relationship throughout. Th- those are those are the things, right? And then regular I feedback, that, you know, they need regular I think feedback. I think it might be hard, though, for us, like, because I hear that and going, like, giving them the autonomy to just do it their way. And, you know, so that there has to be a certain parameter of guidelines. So that goes back to that impact filter right back. Yeah, but if you're clear on it, if you're clear on it, you're going to hire the right person. And so they're going to respond in, in, you know, now, am I – they mean they may need to respond a little bit more like I respond, right? But once they do it more and more and more, they're going to be they're going to be a lot better at it than I am. Yeah, and then I think the two will mold and meld together, right? So that, for example, uh, I have my way, they have their way. Let's say we're on two opposite sides of the spectrum, but we both voice our opinions. But I say I want it to be more in the middle, and I'd be satisfied. And that person learns to work with me and still have it their way, and but still work within the middle where I'm satisfied and we're all happy. That's where we have to find that happy medium where we're able to just say, okay, um, this is fine. It's up to my standards, well, and I'm satisfied with it, right? Yeah, but the other thing is, like, you know, we, we, we're we like, oh, we want everybody to think they're talking to Mr. Brummett when it's via text and via email and then on the right. phone, you know. Right. Uh, and so I am the personality of the whole business. Well, then I'm the who, or excuse me, I'm, I'm the how. And so in every single thing, I have to be the how. I need to have a self-managing company. It needs to be set up with parameters and protocols, yes, with automations and those type of things. But, right. I really think that the program director that I'm going to hire, I, I, I want those people then to know that they're talking to him or her. I want them to know, go, oh, wow, uh, you know, Sally is, is – Sally loves my kid because he's been sick for a week and we haven't been there and she's yeah. followed up twice now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be, oh, Mr. Brummett cares so much. It's that TriStar Martial Arts Academy cares so much. Does that make sense? Absolutely, without a doubt. I, I like the I like that you brought that up too because I do that often. Like sometimes people are sick of hearing from Sheehan Alley all the time, so I'll have a. Sometimes I'll I'll ask my guy Ryan. I'll say, "Is it okay if I send out a message from you?" Like in one of my automations, I you know I have a series on a seminar that I'm doing right now. And by the way, this is why I love Spark so much. I'm, I set up an automation for a, a, an Alaman Riki, which I believe I taught at your school, the rope weapon and so on. Yep. I think I might have. And uh, anyway, long story short, um, you know, I sent out three or four texts, but the next one that's scheduled to go out is an email and a text from Richie Ryan, my guy. And he's like, hey, did you guys see those texts from Chion? Like, I wrote it, but it's from him, and he approved it and added little things to it. And it kind of comes from a different voice because you say, like, are you going to go to Sheehan's seminar? I'm going to be there. I want you to be there with me. You know, that kind of thing so that it, it comes from a different voice. So it's important to have that staff member um, a part of, you know, and, and being a part of it and having the autonomy, like you said, to be able to do it on their own. Here's the – we only have a little time left. Here's the other concept I wanted to quickly bring up is uh, it's uh, um, uh, always be the buyer. I know I mentioned right. it before, but always be the buyer. And um, I even thought about this, and I think I'm going to do it, is the concept about always being the buyer is that when when somebody is, you know, selling you something, uh, then you're the buyer. But if somebody is trying to sell you something and you're the – and, and uh, um, uh, you know, I, I always want to be in control of it. I'm not – Right. saying it correctly. I always want to be in control yeah. of it. So here's how I'm going to apply it in, in the martial arts realm is I'm going to uh, redo one of my videos and because um, I have a six video series that they get, you know, when they're when they're on the trial. But I'm going to do, redo one of them and just say, hey, look, something like, you know, in as much as uh, you're interviewing us to make sure that we're the right studio for you, I just want you to know that um, it's reciprocal. Obviously, we're interviewing you guys to make sure that you are the right student for us, making sure that you will right. follow our policy and procedures, that we are on the same page, that we do love your kid, but, you know, we like to have fun, but we don't mess around. And so we are going to yeah. train your kid this way and, you know, that type of thing. And so it switches it from, 
them being them being the buyer to us being the buyer. You know, we want to then decide, okay, are we going to buy you as a student as opposed to you buying us, right? We need to switch that mentality, and that's how I'm going to do that, or one of the ways that I'm going to do that is I'm going to become the buyer, and I'm going to sift and sort through the individuals and kind of, you know, set them up psychologically that, all right, well, we're looking to, we're looking to buy you, uh, and we'll see if you're a right fit. Yeah, you know, and, and that's true, though. Like, I've had that with people that say, when I say my program, which is a three-month program, and I say, listen, this is a fall-in-love program. I said, I want you to love what we do so much that you fall in love with and you join, but we also want to fall in love with you as a family to know that you're the right fit for our school. And I've had some people that, you know, minor things that I could just see that triggered memories of how people act in the past that have been bad clients. Like, you know, never downloading the app when I've asked them like seven times and always calling me and asking me to do set up the classes and, you know, not signing the agreement. Like, I have a new client that's an old student coming back. It's been like six days of me every day saying, did you sign the agreement yet? Did you and they come into class already? Have you signed the agreement? And today I said, listen, if you're going to keep coming to class, you need to sign the agreement. Oh, okay, send it to my husband. It's, you know, I have five times already. So either have him look in his spam folder or sign it. Or don't bring her back to class. Like, I don't want the approbation. I can just tell the, the habits. And this is how they were before when they trained with me. Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, so, I, you know, you learn those things way ahead of time. So, anyway, by the way, I, it's almost time, Dwayne. We've covered it. The book, you know, is really, let me get it in camera. It's really a good book, and I appreciate you um, sending it to me. The one last thing I wanted to say, you said it in the beginning. The guy who wrote the book, it says, uh, you know, by Dan Sullivan, founder of Strategic Coach. Dan Sullivan is the guy who found a who, and the who was this guy, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, to write the book. So he literally didn't even write his own book, and he had it written by someone else and um, got a book out that's a bestseller with his name front and center as if he was the number one author, and I'm sure they're doing some major profit sharing. Um, uh, so he was able to get another book under his wing but, and written entirely by a different person well, using his concept. If, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I think, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I'm almost 100% positive that he, he told uh, uh, Benjamin Hardy, I don't, want, I don't want any profits from the book. All I want oh. is exposure for strategic coach. Okay. And that's what he's getting. Right? Multi, multi-million dollar company, right? Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that that's a uh, – it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. So he – he uh, Dan Sullivan practiced what he preached with regards to the concept who, not how. And he also gives credit to uh, Dean Jackson. He's a marketer uh, in the um, uh, real estate industry. But he gives Dean Jackson the credit of the, of the actual concept of who, not I- how. Dan is the one that actually expands on the concept of who, not how. So Dan, Dan originally didn't even come up with the phrase who, not how. One of his, uh, one of his team members, or um, how do you want to say it, one of his uh, circle of influencers, right, Yeah, came up with it. And then Dan's like, that is perfect. And, and uh, Dean's like, this isn't my lane. This is your lane. I do this. Yeah, You're yeah, the yeah. entrepreneurial coach. You take it and run with it. And by the way, I'm going to just mention this and throw it out there because we're in talks, you and I, of writing our own book together. Um, we haven't decided whether we're going to do it or not. We've chatted about it. We're going to come up with some contests. But I think that we, you know, we would be a good fit to put out a really great book for the industry, um, martial art industry, on, you know, how to have the most successful school ever. So uh, I think that would be pretty awesome. So uh, we got to come up with another book next month. Can I give it to you? No, you didn't get it. I don't know. I didn't see it. Let me see. What are you thinking? We're going to do Atomic right. Habits. I don't have that right, one, I but do. I'm going to buy I'll, I'll buy it. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah. Do you want me to buy it and send it to you? No, I'm going to buy I'm going to get it on, um, on uh, my, uh, my uh, digital version. Kendall, okay. Okay, perfect. So uh, we'll read that for the month of uh, of uh, February, and then our first podcast in in March third, 
you know, and that week, March 3rd, that's when we'll review that book and the action steps that we got from that book as well. All right. Thanks, Allie. All right. And I uh, just want to remind everybody, listen, go to schoolownertalk.com. Like Allie said, there is a plethora of other podcasts. In fact, 264 yeah, and, other and podcasts or whatever. Please look into our sponsors at leadinsights.com, website development company, um, Lead Hunter Media, Gus Lopez for Facebook and online marketing and uh, Facebook content for, uh, for social media releases. And, of course, Spark Membership, which is our software company that you and I use and so many people from our podcast have gotten involved with Spark. So, uh, Dwayne, thanks so much. I appreciate you. you My have pleasure. A great day, and we'll talk soon. All right. Have a great All right. Day. Later. Bye.